So let's dive in to 1 Peter. We're going to spend uh, a little bit of time in 1 Peter this morning. Uh, we're in, of course, we've, we've done quite a bit, or, or we've done most, no, not even, we haven't even gotten through most of the first chapter. Uh, we are on verses 10 through 12 this morning. Uh, a short section, these are short or shorter lessons, I should say. Uh, so we're going to be in 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12 this morning. An interesting idea, and, and I thought about doing more than just this section, but there's an interesting idea in this section that I want to explore. And because this is an unusual format, I can chase a few more rabbits, perhaps, than usual. Uh, so 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, uh, searched and inquired carefully, Who's the prophets that prophesied? That would be basically anybody in the Old Testament, right, who is looking forward to this salvation, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were search, serving not themselves, but you in these things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. There's a couple of ideas in this text I want to explore this morning. The first one is the Spirit of Christ, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. And then he says later on, through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Uh, there's an interesting idea in these texts. In 1 Peter 1, of course, so that's what we, we just read. Then 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And like we saw in Romans, what was that? Was that Romans 8? Uh, I think it was Romans 8, this passage that sort of, interwove the Christ and God and the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of God and, and so on and so forth. Uh, we see uh, Peter doing a similar thing. I'm squinting because the sun is just coming right through this window. Uh, we see Peter doing a similar thing here. What does he say? They were inquiring of the things that the Spirit of Christ was indicating, things they spoke to you through the Holy Spirit. And then he says, of course, and later in Second Peter, no uh people spoke by the will of God or spoke by God. And, and Peter, again, is making clear to the people, to his readers, us, and, of course, people of his day, that Christ, the Spirit, the Father, the Son, the Father, the Spirit, I shouldn't say Christ, they were all uh, interacting with, they were all involved with, they were all uh, working with, in the Old Testament to bring this plan to fruition, right? It wasn't just the Father in the Old Testament doing his thing all by himself. The Father was working with the Son and with the Spirit, the, the three parts of the, the Trinity, the Godhead, right? They were all working in concert in the Old Testament to bring this plan to fruition. It wasn't just sort of God doing his own thing and that was it, right? That's an important idea that I, I think Peter is, is trying very hard to make clear that this is not just the Father. This is the Messiah bringing himself to fruition in some ways, right? The Spirit of Christ is indicating, hey, I'm going to come, I'm going to suffer, these things are going to happen. And of course, what's the point? They were wondering, what was that going to be? They didn't know all of that. So let's look at a couple more verses. Matthew 13, 16 through 17. 
Matthew 13, 16 through 17. Oops, where? I've lost it. There we are. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. What is he talking about here? Again, he's talking about all these people in the Old Testament who wanted to know about the Messiah. And it would have been very frustrating. Put yourself in the position of a of an Old Testament prophet. Pick a prophet. I don't know. Uh, Isaiah. Let's say Isaiah. He talks a lot about the Messiah. Excuse me. It would have been very frustrating for you as a prophet. You're prophesying about this this great Messiah that's going to come. This person who's going to save Israel. This person who's going to do all these great things. And yet you are not allowed to see or know it. Right? You're talking about something that's going to happen for somebody later on. And you're not even going to get to have the benefit of it. You're just talking for these other people. That would have been, I think, very frustrating to have this knowledge of this Messiah and yet not be able to see or to experience the thing that you're talking about. You have this supernatural prophetic knowledge of this awesome thing that's coming and yet you don't get to be the one that participates in it. And I think that's Jesus' point, right? What does he say? Truly, I say to you, many prophets long to see what you see. Now, Matthew, uh, P, uh, Jesus in Matthew and Peter is making the same point here, right? They're, they're, they're making a similar point for us, which is what? We got the better thing. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you. And when he says you, he's talking, of course, to the, the exiled Christians in all those different places. Uh, but we are also part of that benefit, right? These things happen for us. Uh, now Daniel is a classic example of a prophet who did not understand the things that he was saying. And, and Daniel's an interesting prophet because uh, he goes through various stages in his visions where he doesn't understand and he asks and an angel comes and explains it to him. And sometimes an angel explains it and sometimes they don't. And sometimes he's left wondering, as we're going to read in, in Daniel 12, 8 through 10. I heard but did not understand. Then I said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, go your way, Daniel. For the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. And, and I would suggest that we are part of the ones who understand what Daniel was shown, all the visions that Daniel had. We look back on it full in hindsight. We know what he was talking about. We can understand what he was saying. And he didn't get to. I feel bad for Daniel and Isaiah and Elijah and all of these people who were looking, Moses even, David. I feel bad for these prophets who are looking forward towards the completion of God's plan, who didn't get to understand, but we get to, in some ways I feel like I'm cheating. I didn't do anything. I just happened to be born later on in, in history, and now I get to experience all the goodness and the fullness of Christ. Now I get to understand and experience all the, the awesomeness of the salvation that's been prophesied. I get to reap all the benefits, and, and they did all the work. And really, Christ did most of the work, right? Even in the in the prophesying, Christ was doing the work. And, and that's another thing that I think we see in this text. Christ, of course, was the one who was sacrificed, who died for our salvation. But Christ also was the one who was bringing about these prophecies in the Old Testament. The Spirit of Christ in them was telling them, was indicating, hey, these things are going to happen. So Christ really is the actor throughout 
all of the Old Testament into our salvation. And then continuing on today, of course, uh, we keep one more verse I want to read in 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 13. Now these things happened to them as, as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. We are the ones in the end of the ages, right? We are in the last days as it is put other in other places. Therefore, and here's the, the point, right? There's an important therefore in this text and why I wanted to end with 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 13. Therefore, because this is true, because all of these things have been written down, because they served you in their prophesying, because they revealed to you what time, what, when the Christ would come and, and the Christ's sufferings, because of all these things that we know about in the Bible, therefore let anyone who thinks that he, is, he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but will, with temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I do not know what particular temptation you are struggling with in this particular time. And it is different, right? It's di there's different stuff that we're struggling with now than we do usually. If you're, if you're not at work right now, the things that you were facing at work, you're not facing those things. You're just at home. But if you're at home, you've spent, I don't know, two weeks with your kids and, and maybe your, your, your pet's starting to grate on you and, and maybe you're just getting a little crazy and there's, a whole new set of temptations that go in with that, right? God is going to provide you the way of escape. He just is, if you'll take it. And again, we can see the things that were written beforehand for our instruction, the things that were written down for us, and we see the things that they struggled with, and we see the things that they were tempted with, and we see the things that they had difficulty with. I'm reminded of Elijah. Elijah is, I think, a classic example of this. A prophet, uh, somebody who served Israel in a great way, somebody who was powerful in the spirit. And yet, what do we know about Elijah? He felt so alone, didn't he? He went through periods in his life when he just felt so alone. And God reminded him, you are not alone. I have left a remnant of people who believe in me. You are not by yourself. If you're feeling alone today, you are not alone. You're not by yourself. We understand we who are also experiencing the same thing understand the struggles that you are going through, right? Maybe not all of them, but some of them. And we understand and want to be uh, an encouragement to each other, don't we? So as we consider First Peter, we're going to keep going next tomorrow. We're going to keep going in First Peter. As we consider First Peter, we need to remember, right, all of the things that were prophesied about, the things that they didn't get to have benefit for, we are the ones deriving the benefits. We are the ones that get to have the benefit of this. Let's read the text one more time. We are the ones that get to have the benefit of this, this salvation. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, to be ours, searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ. And again, we're going to come back to the sufferings in later lessons and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Micah, Joel, we could just list all the prophets. They were serving 
you, us, me. They were serving us in their prophesying in the things that have now been announced to you through those whom preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which even angels long to look. The thing that gets us through times like this, difficult times, is the knowledge of God's word, right? That's what gets us through these difficult times, is the perfect knowledge that we have. So, I think I lost camera. I think the camera died on me. Let's end in a prayer. God, we thank you for your knowledge. We thank you for your prophesying, the things that you said to us through the many prophets of the Old Testament. We're thankful for the perfect knowledge we have of your plan of salvation for us, for the completed revealing of your will for our lives that we might serve you more abundantly, for the encouragement that we find in the examples of those who overcame, for the warning that we find in the examples of those who did not. Please help us to live these things out, to be an encouragement and an example to one another. Help us to live lives that are holy, set apart for your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.